Hello, this is Activism is Dead, Long Live Activism, I'm Marty Sarkissian, here I tell you stories about activism, activism of the past, activism that required telling them bravery, but whatever. Let me tell you a story. About a year ago, in the second term of the journalism program, we had a class called Narrative Storytelling, where we learned to produce journalism that is exciting to read. It's not the kind of journalism that tells you that Ottawa LRT has broken down, again. It's the journalism that dives deep into the scene, into the moment, telling the reader what it was like, what did people feel, what did they smell maybe, maybe that's important. So that was the purpose of the assignments that we had to do. We had to remember specific moments in our lives and describe them to the readers. Well, in this case, one reader, Moira Farr, our professor. So one week, she asked us to remember the moment when we first listened to our favorite song. And this is what I wrote. Bear with me, it's not very long and I will turn on some nice music for you. Hang on. Agatha Christie once said that she came up with ideas of the most horrible murders for her books while doing the dishes. And I have always wondered how many great writers did we lose by inventing a dishwasher. As you can see, I'm trying to joke around to make it more exciting. However, there is nothing we can invent to stop people from doing math. And as a homeschooled child of mathematicians, I had to do a lot of it. Even though it had the same effect on me as dishwashing on Agatha Christie, excluding the cool novels. Okay, buckle up, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to describe. So one dark winter day, I was on my 23rd piece of A4 paper and second blue pilot pen, wading through the mist of trigonometry. I was listening to music. Not doing that would have made the unbearable even more unbearable. But I was only allowed to listen to songs in German and French, the languages foreign to me. My mother believed in the educational value of that. So that day, I was feeling a bit German. I knew these songs very well. But then, Marlena Dietrich started singing a song that I had never heard before. I didn't pay much attention to it at first, I was still trying to figure out what trigonometry meant. But one phrase made me stop and look up at my laptop to watch the clip. Where have all the graveyards gone? Gone to flowers, everyone. When will we ever learn? I could see Marlene's lips trembling. She was almost crying. And I had to stop everything. I was glad to. And watch the clip from the top. Tell me, where have all the flowers gone? I was looking at Marlena. She became Marlena to me. When she was done, I had to listen to the song again. And again. When I finally felt I learned it by heart, I found a dozen other versions of that song. I found the original version by Pete Seeger and listened to it too. I listened to it four times. By the end of the day, I was walking around the room, singing them all out loud and mixing them up. How couldn't I? Where have all the young men gone? 
They're all in uniform. Oh, when will we ever learn? When will we ever learn? So that was my moment. And Professor Farr's reaction was, she liked it. In her feedback, she wrote, I saw Pete Seeger in concert twice. Very much a blast from the past here. A beautiful one. Thank you. And she also noted that I misspelled Agatha Christie's name. But now, a year later, I decided to tell the story of Pete Seeger in full. He was a person who very much shaped post-war American culture and created the anthems of the civil rights movement. And who else would I talk about that but with Moira Farr, the very professor who enjoyed this blast from the past of mine. Well, here I go. Their idea of America is America where everybody agrees with them. Not very much. A song by Pete Seeger. The father of American folk music, Pete Seeger. Dear fellow human beings, mankind does not have another 2,000 years to learn to love his neighbor. We must change the conditions of our life so love flows from it and good humor flows from it as it would from a happy family. As usual, I want to start with something a bit remote. In every American community, you have varying shades of political opinion. One of the shadiest of these is the liberals. This is Phil Ox. He's about to sing a song from 1966. Many people love it as a witty satire. Others hate it with passion. An outspoken group on many subjects. <clears throat> 10 degrees to the left of center in good times. 10 degrees to the right of center, if it affects them personally. They say it contributed to making liberalism a dirty word. And I cried when they shot Mr. Kennedy, as though I'd lost a father of mine. But Malcolm X got what was coming. He got what he asked for this time. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal. Get it? <laughs> yeah, really, do you? So this song is from the perspective of an American liberal. Phil Ox, who was often referred to as a part of radical left, thought that they were conformists. He was referring to the McCarthy era, when anybody could become a communist in the eyes of the US government. And very often that would be a result of someone turning them in to the law enforcement and calling them commies. Ox even had a verse about our hero, Pete Seeger. I attend all the Pete Seeger concerts. He sure gets me singing those songs. From this you might think that Ox was not a great fan of Seeger. But just the contrary, Ox too was very much influenced by Seeger's work. So who was that Pete Seeger? He is more of my parents' generation. But I remember when I was a kid, my parents had records of him. And one of the groups he was in was the Weavers. So I remember as a kid listening to these songs. And they were very wholesome kind of folk songs, you know. For example, Good Night, Irene, Good Night. Or maybe even... They were singing to charm, but at the same time they were making political statements. They opposed United States intervention in the Second World War. For decades, they would be reminded of those years. 
However, after Germany's invasion of the Soviet Union and the attacks on Pearl Harbor, the Weavers published a new album, addressed directly to Roosevelt. It was called Dear Mr. President. Now I hate Hitler and I can tell you why. He's caused a lot of good people to suffer and die. He's got a way of shoving folks around and I figure it's about time we slapped him down. Now Mr. President, we haven't always agreed in the past, I know. But that isn't at all important now. What is important is what we gotta do, and we gotta beat Hitler, and until we do, other things can wait. But he continues. This is the reason that I want to fight. Not because everything's perfect or everything's right. No, it's just the opposite. I'm fighting because I want a better America and better laws, better homes and jobs. Still, after the war, during the McCarthy era, Seeger was blacklisted, and he almost went to jail for being a commie. The protest movements in the 60s, he became, he came back sort of because he was very interested in all these issues and civil rights and anti-war and all of those things. So he really did have that resurgence. The songs that he sang pretty much defined that era, the normality of the times. And if in his opinion, that normality was flawed, he would say that. I mean, and if you were interested in like social justice, he was part of that. And I mean, he influenced other singers, I'm sure you know. I mean, Bob Dylan or <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. I was thinking um, Billy Bragg, who is a British singer. Like all these people, if, if there's any kind of protest in their music, they can trace that back to Pete Seeger. But his concerts were very different from what would you expect from a political activist. I remember them being very happy events, you know, and people sang along and he, he had this persona that was very welcoming. And occasionally he would still sing songs that are just charming and lovely. Little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made He would still add some pepper, of course. For instance, in this song he sings about universities putting us into boxes and shaping people made out of ticky-tacky out of us. Doctors and there's lawyers and business executives and they're all made out of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. And of course, the song that we started with, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. It was actually inspired by a Russian novel, and Quiet Flows the Dawn. Long time ago. There was a poem in that novel, and Seeger pretty much copied the structure of it. Where have all the flowers gone? Girls have picked them everyone. Where have all the young girls gone? Taken husbands, everyone. Where have all the young men gone? They're all in uniform. When will we ever learn? When will we ever learn? Pete Seeger died in 2014 at the age of 94. He was born in a segregated country. His whole life he was fighting to change that. At the end of his life, he had a chance to sing at the inauguration of the first African-American president. You sing it with us. We'll give you the words. As I went walking the ribbon of highway, I saw the love me, and in the skyway, 
This episode was produced and edited by me, Artie Sirkissian, with help from my friend, Sebastian Menendez. Special thanks to Professor Mortar Farr. You've made this very special music sound even more special. That's it for today. The next episode, we'll talk about the Brazilian Sinatra, Gerald Desaverdo. He was as popular in Brazil as Sinatra was in the US. And his life, as much as Sinatra's reflected the life of his country, which meant that whenever the country was going down, the Sinatra would go with it. But that's next time. See you then. This land.